0: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm
2: still having a better day than Wes Unsell Jr. Yeah. Poor guy. Uh, He's a good egg. He's a nice guy. We've had him on the show. Not a particularly successful head basketball coach, though, here in Washington. And the Wizards made the move today. He is headed to the front office. They are elevating Brian Keefe to the interim head coaching role. Uh, Wes Sunsell Jr., uh, the statement they put out it seems like someone that they really respect in the building. He obviously not only is the son of one of the great legends in organizational history, but he's put in a lot of time, a lot of energy, and a lot of roles uh, in that building. And I think he's got a lot of fans within the organization, including the new brass. But the statement today, Danny, after several thoughtful conversations with Wes, we determined together that a change was needed for the benefit of the team michael winger president monumental basketball said wes embodies the characteristics we value in our organization his vast basketball experience will be an asset to the front office as we progress toward our long-term goals he was 77 and 130 with the wizards as a head coach and you could easily say now as they're awful this season they're 7 and 36 They're tanking. He's not supposed to be winning. He's supposed to be developing players. But that was not the plan all along. No. He has been here. This is his third season. This is really the first true year that they've been doing this. So it has not gone well. Hired back in 2021. They picked up his option for next year in the fall, right before the season. So he'll be paid through next season as a head coach. But, man, are they a tough watch. 7-36. and And they clearly think that this guy, Keefe, the interim coach who's been on staffs with Brooklyn, L.A., the Knicks, the Thunder. In fact, he worked with Winger and Dawkins in Oklahoma City. He was on that staff with the Thunder that got to the finals in 2012. They think he'll do a better job running this team and developing these players for the rest of this season. What is the metric? This is
1: what I'm fascinated by here, right? So if previous, if, if this was a group with the talent and the roster and you know the organizational wherewithal to be the top half of the Eastern Conference, let's say, and you weren't there like the last couple of seasons when they finished with identical 35 and 47 records, that makes sense to me. Sure, totally fine. If the goal here is to build for the future, what are we judging this by? Right. In other words, the, I, I like was unsold fine. He, he was basically brought here to, to field one team to get a group over the top that couldn't. They couldn't do it apparently with Scott Brooks and company. That didn't happen. Then they decided, rightly so, by the way, to detonate a flawed, broken, mediocre playing tournament at best group and try to actually build something great, which is going to take some pain and some time, etc. They are bad. They're worse than I thought, by the way. I thought this would be a, a high 20s, maybe you know, 28, 29, 30-win team if everything broke right. I was wrong. It's basically because Jordan Poole is not what I thought, and a couple other players haven't really blossomed, and that's fine. I wonder what the metric is. If the metric is you're going to lose a lot, but you can't, say, lose a bunch of fourth-quarter leads, or you can't be the worst defensive team in the league, or you can't get out-rebounded by 14 a night, okay, fine. I'm just curious. I don't
2: think it's those things, if I had to guess. I mean, maybe the defensive problems, which have been a major issue since the day he took over as head coach. And it's not like they don't predate him, but he clearly hasn't had any answers there. They're 29th in the NBA in defense right now. They just give up too many points. Maybe that's a factor. Honestly, I just have to imagine this is more about player development. The, the goal is not really truly to win games. You can't fire him because you're not winning games. You can't assign him to the front office and say, we got a guy who's going to do a better job than you on the staff already because of the record. To me, this is about they're clearly seeing either bad habits that aren't being fixed, bad habits being developed, or maybe their ideas on who should be playing when, the minutes they're getting, how they're being used to help develop them aren't the same as his. You know, maybe they've had meetings where they go, I'm just making something up here, but hey, we think Denny Avdia can do this and this and this, and we want him playing this number of minutes a night, and here's the lineups we want him working with, and we want him to be taking these shots, and they're not getting him those looks with those players, playing him those minutes. You know, I-, I think that's probably more along the lines of what's happening. What's odd is some of the kids are developing nicely, it seems like. Koulibaly, it, it looks like he could be a stud. is coming off an awesome game, has some big performances here and there. So it's not like you can say, by and large, that guys are regressing or, or aren't continuing to improve. But my guess is it's usage, and it's maybe philosophical with the development of the young players.
1: And, and that makes as good a sense as any, honestly. But it just, it's curious. Um, you know, you pick up the extension, as you as you kind of mentioned. You, you enter this period where the clue to the goal isn't to win, but here are your other metrics. And I, I want to know what those are. And, and your explanation is as good as any. Let
2: me ask you this, though. If they internally think right now they should have 13 wins, I'm just going to sure. throw that number yeah. out there. And they've won seven games. And they go, we should have won these three games. We collapsed here. If we do this differently, we win that game. I personally don't think you move on from him because whether you have 13 or seven wins, seven's probably better, frankly. I mean, it's not a bad thing. As we were saying with Rivera, he's doing everything perfectly down the stretch. Keep losing, climb the draft board. You're doing great, Tweeney. But do you think, in their mind, there's a difference to 13 versus seven as it pertains to like players not in the NBA, you can pretty quickly fall into expectations becoming the norm and it's okay to be an embarrassment and go out and know you're gonna lose by 18 against a good team every time out. I don't know. I, I don't think they would care if, if like their algorithm says they should have five more wins, but maybe that's something. And, and again,
1: that's that's kind of what I'm looking at here. Is it because the way that it's happening, I keep harping on the same things. I've never seen a team get out-rebounded like this. Now, part of that is the structure and design. Part of that is they don't have a lot of you know true bigs that Daniel Gafford are bust. And enter Marvin Bagley, who had 15 boards plus last night. By the way,
2: Bagley's been awesome.
1: I, he's intriguing. I've always been intrigued.
2: Now, I remember that Daniel Gafford's first week or two here, he was also incredible. And I've kind of been chasing that high ever since. Yeah. But Marvin Bagley has been tremendous 100%. since he got here. So he's not a, not a
1: great defender. Um, you may as well lean into that and play him some minutes and give up some points. But anyway... Part of the dude's story is, part of that is the structure, but the other part is Kyle Kuzma sprinting down the, the basketball court, hoping for an easy layup. When it's a six ten guy who's that physical, should probably be closer to the paint, maybe getting a defensive rebound here or there. Philosophically, I wonder if there's a, there's some headbutting there. I don't know. Again, I don't know what I don't know about this, but I find it fascinating. The other part is, this is one of those things where you're not just firing the guy, sending him out into the ether like they're doing in Milwaukee. They're going, we're already paying this dude; he's a good basketball mind. Let's just reassign him within the organization. It tells you that it's, there's not that much animus about it, to me. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy.
2: No, but that also, to me, makes it a little more weird, to be honest. Like, if he's not good enough to be your head coach, more often than not, you're just, especially in season, you're not reassigning someone into your organization. That's strange to me. Like, if you're moving on from him, with all due respect to Brian Keefe, I don't know much about him, okay? But if it, he is an upgrade, like, we're, we're there, we're... We had to make this move so that Brian Keefe could take over. Strange to me that you got to keep him in the building. But as you said, you're paying him anyway. So it's not like he hasn't done things in the front office before. He's more natural there here than he was even as a coach for many, many years.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?